3: Welcome to Paddle Fish, the picture podcast of all
1: things kayak.
3: We are hosts
0: a much of longtime fishermen. Excited to get the kayak fishing world and guess what? They're taking you along for the ride. So buckle in and welcome
3: paddle Oh he stopped. I saw you jan- dancing around. I was hoping I'd catch you still. Oh, uh, I'm not doing that. In uh. both, bro. A little
2: too much. Oh, dude. I, I saw stuff. it.
3: I was I was thinking about cutting into it like, like four seconds left just to catch you off guard. Dude. nah,
2: No, the Caucasians would kick me off the team. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'd be like, he's out. That's
3: it. Like... Card revoked. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, everybody? We're back again, back in action. We got Justin Staley in the chat. What's up, brother? Hope you are well. Uh, We got a return guest. We got Frankie Provolone in the chat. What's up, Slayers from the Slay Nation tournament? What's up, Frank? What's up, Frank? But uh, we we got our man JD in the house tonight.
2: I'll let you say his last name. I'll jack it up.
3: I just call him Brada. Yeah, brother.
2: <laughs> right? Just better that way.
3: It's uh, here wait, I'm gonna pull him in because I I think I got it. It's DeRosier, right? Yeah, man. DeRosier.
2: See, Can see, I buy a vowel. Two, <laughs> two. <Dude. laughs> <Dude. laughs> you know, I I say that and it's it's spelled oh. like it looks. I mean, I'm just an idiot. It's fine. <laughs>
3: What's new man? Good to see you. Welcome back again. Uh, If you guys haven't, if you guys don't know who JD is, go crawl back underneath your rock. (laughs) Uh, You know, JD's been around. He's been on the podcast numerous times, man. He's a good friend of ours. So we wanted to, uh, we actually kicked off this year, uh, the third season of Paddle and Fin with JD uh, here on the OG show. So checking back in seeing what's new with him just shooting the breeze and uh seeing how life's treating him and things like that man so uh first and foremost man how are you doing how's the family doing with uh you know corona and everything going on you guys all staying healthy and good brother
1: yeah man everything is good uh just maintaining the social distancing as, as best we can uh been working. My wife and I both have been working from home since March. Oh, wow. uh, I, about nine or 10 weeks ago, I was allowed back into our office here in Greenville, but they just did a recall. This is the second week. So they phased us back out. Uh, I'm only allowed in the building two days a week now. So, uh, and the family's great, man, uh, both in Atlanta and Florida. So we're just trying to obey the protocols and, you know, use this time to connect deeper with our family, with our, with our souls. And, uh, of course get healthier. Yeah.
3: I hear you, man. Well, you're on, uh, you're, you're on a little thing right now. You were just telling us before we kicked off, man, no sweets, no nothing. Trying to get yep, mean yep.
1: and lean, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Uh, my wife has inspired me. Uh, she's on this very regimented program. Um, she's probably uh, over 15 weeks in and it's just been phenomenal. So she really pushed, pushed and inspired me. Uh, been watching the amount of content that I eat scaling back my portions and I haven't had sweets or alcohol, um, in 81 days. So I've, I've dropped 12 pounds, and probably going to try to keep going. Uh, I'm going to have a cheat day next weekend for our anniversary. Oh. But I'm I'm just going to stay right right with the program. Stay day. out of well, Greenville. That. Stay nobody, out of Greenville in a week, bro. Yeah, nobody likes
2: <laughs> a, nobody likes a quitter, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, you know, trying to suck up to the big guy. I know. <laughs> you know, he sees it. It's cool. He you knows all those snickers just behind the scenes. You know, the, the Reese's underneath the bed. You know, underneath the pillow, it's all melted. <laughs> you know, that Maybe that's my
3: pillow. Oh, that's funny! Too funny, man! <laughs> oh, hilarious! Well, well, it's good to see you smiling again, man, and uh, being healthy yeah, and all that good stuff,
1: brother. Yeah, so good. I did a uh we got a Peloton, so I did a ride today before the show. Um it's so hot here, man. I don't want to go ride in 100 degree weather, so. Yeah, has it been that brutal down there? It's been a hot, hot summer. Uh I think it was about 98 yesterday, 96 today, and the humidity's just through the roof, so oh geez. If you're not on the water, it's it's pretty brutal out.
3: Yeah, well, you guys got hit with a bunch of rain and stuff from that uh, hurricane
1: that went through, right? Yeah, it hit. Uh, I think we got about a day and a half worth of rain up here in the Upstate. wasn't too bad, um, but the coast, Oak Island area of, of North Carolina, it's just across the border of South Carolina, North Carolina got devastated. I think it pushed the beach like inland. Uh, oh, one, one row of houses.
3: Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty gnarly, man. I know I hit you up and just to make sure you guys were safe and stuff, because I knew that stuff was rolling through there, man. And awesome. it was
1: uh it was good to hear that you guys were doing all right. Yeah, I really appreciate you checking in on us, man. It means more more to us than you can ever imagine. Yeah, it, right on, brother. It just shows how tight we are, although we're several hours apart. Hey man. You know, it's, just, it's just time to me. Like I said, dude, you take me to
3: the finest Chipotle restaurant in all of South Carolina. <laughs> that's what happens, bro.
2: I know I felt special. That felt special. Man,
1: sure. If if you guys get back down this <laughs> way, we've got some unbelievable spots that have popped up around that area. Nice. Um, there was a there's a my favorite restaurant or second favorite restaurant in Greenville is a Jamaican joint. And it's downtown, but they just opened up on Woodruff Road it's five minutes from work so i've been going there every week oh boy they know me by name <laughs> it's, it's pretty I, fun. Thought
2: he, I thought he was gonna be like man we got a new jimmy johns uh, <laughs> you know there's a tgif you know I <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like it's the bomb you know i remember you telling me like we were over there like we're like three hours from the ocean but let's go to chipotle it's like right <laughs>
3: Yeah, oh, it was quick and easy, man. The man had to work. We were on vacation. yeah can't yeah. blame him can't blame him. can't blame him next time we'll we'll spend a little more time out and about well, that whole I know me and Jay drove through that whole downtown Greenville area, man, and it was just beautiful, man like older town uh real nice feel to it. it was pretty wicked, yeah,
1: it's
2: beautiful yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: one of the top ten places in America to live, and it's very fast growing. Uh, About 20 years ago, they did a complete revival of downtown and broke off into the West End. Kind of, you guys drove across the bridge and every saw the. There's a big waterfall down there, so all that from is completely new and revamped. So it's really nice, and the Swamp Rabbit Trail runs through there, and it's. I don't know. It's close to 40 miles long now. They've actually extended oh, wow. it out to to where I work. They're about to open up that section this year. Right on. Nice, yes, dude.
3: Nice, nice. So, what have you been up to, man? I mean, uh, dude, you've been. I'll I'll scroll through social media and I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, another killer shot from JD. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> bro, your
2: hat, seems like your hats keep getting bigger too. Like they the did guy. get getting bigger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> head. <laughs> I shaved my head,
1: so I gotta, I gotta keep it out of the sun. Yeah, needs to be out there a
2: sombrero, like you know, eventually. Like, I'm I was gonna, gonna wear myself in the sun.
1: I was gonna wear my big fly fishing hat on on here tonight, just to <laughs> make everyone laugh. It's I really it. not that big, but it's super comfortable, and it's made out of palm leaves, so it's really cool. And there you go. You Panama JD That's right <laughs> Sunglasses and all hey, There I you go <laughs> Social you got,
2: distancing even on the web <laughs>
3: Got Brad Hicks in the chat He said dude JD shots
1: Are epic Thank you so much Brad I, I really appreciate that Hearing comments like, like that Just really really Pushes me and It, it makes me just want to keep pushing my my personal self and my envelope harder right on dude we got uh walton doyle in the chat
3: what's up guys what's up walton and then uh I so saw we got reese melvin in he said he had to tune in for this one with a popcorn
1: emoji uh right. reese south <laughs> carolina boy yeah buddy yeah buddy yeah man so i just i've been fly fishing a lot um that's that's like my new i'd say my my die hard uh after leaving Bonafide last year I, I did jump on and and work with new canoe for a little bit and i just honestly new canoe was a, a fabulous team uh everett adam blake everybody stuart venable all those guys man uh, they're just they're fantastic. I mean, they're, it's a very family oriented team, but just me personally, my heart wasn't there. Um, it wasn't with any team. Um, I think I just should have took a little bit more time off and just enjoyed paddling for what it is. And that led me to leaving. And I actually didn't paddle. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but. I didn't paddle from august to january to the end of january um i I had a boat i just didn't use it Uh, i solely focused on myself uh finding myself again and what i'm truly about and always proclaim to be about and i did that through fly fishing and man i i absolutely i'm ecstatic with it i mean It. it, i learned i went from ground zero to where i'm at now Um, i can make you know 100 yard shots with my five weight i can hit you know eight inch targets at will within 50 feet so and then in march i went fishing my uh trophy waters it's first time i've ever fished trophy trout waters and that was that's when it really sunk in. I was like, man, I got to get one of these 26 inch bruisers on. Oh, I hooked up with one and broke it off just inexperience. Um, but we're going back to the same stretch in October. So hopefully I'll hook up on one then. Uh, but if you can just turn a fish like that, I'm happy. Oh, dude, it's magical, bro. It is. Uh, I can't say enough about Douglas. Um, kevin and the whole crew there yeah man <laughs> uh, i was so stoked to see you get on um you know us being on the same team again yeah man and there there kevin is just like us talking right now he's just one of the yeah. crew. yeah um, he he's really cool to talk soccer with he's really cool to bounce reggae and music off of and them being a down home you know small business Sure. It's all about, you know, helping people. That's what really led me to, to pursue an adventure with them. And it's been fantastic. Uh, so I'm hoping maybe later this year to pick up another. Uh, I th- I'm really starting to look at that sky G rod. Um, so make, get that in the five weight and then next year get a step up and get like an eight weight, uh, chase nice. some bigger fish, some saltwater fish with got a few things working. So hopefully do a little bit more saltwater fishing. I like it. uh, Yeah, man. I like it, dude. Other than that, just trying to concentrate on, uh, getting back to river fishing, uh, in the kayaks. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of paddling this year. Uh, my passion is back. Um, I'm very eager and it feels better than ever. and, just holding the skills on the camera. That's just love shooting pictures. Speaking I feel like an the, expert. Go speaking
3: ahead. of the camera, man, not to cut you off, but uh, uh-huh. we had a question in here. What camera does JD use? I'm not telling nobody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's secret. It's a secret man. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I primarily shoot with my GoPro. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> I love my GoPro. Uh, it's a Hero 5. Um, I may upgrade to an 8 or whatever comes behind it. But the 5's doing anything and everything I want. I can manipulate the settings in it, which is something I like. Uh, I use obviously I use my drone a whole lot. I'm still flying DJI Spark. Uh, but uh, I'm using Polar Pro filters, which really takes the shots to another level. And believe it or not, uh, I shoot with my camera phone a lot. Also, uh, it's got Samsung S 10, but I shoot in all manual mode with it. I don't shoot auto mode and I manipulate the settings while I'm shooting with it too. So I mean, it's almost like a small DSLR. Yeah. Um, I I do have my eye on a new, new camera. I'm going to, Maybe towards the end of the year, beginning of next year, try to get a mirrorless SLR. Uh, I don't want a DSLR. I've had one, and they're just too big and bulky. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to go after a mirrorless, probably Sony Alpha or something along that lines with two or three different lenses. Nice. I dig it, man. I dig yeah, it. Thank you. Mirrorless yeah, in man. the future. Yeah, man. They're just so compact, and you can put them in a dry box and not worry about them getting messed up. I mean, they're a little bit pricey, but man, if you can shoot 25 megapixels and 4K video, that's amazing. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think even still, too, man, like you give it a year even, and you're going to see those prices start to drop. You know, uh, it's the same way when DSLRs came out. Now you can get one for, you know, what, 400, 500 bucks. Yeah. You know? Whereas I know, like, I'm a Canon guy so you know I know a lot of the Canon mirrorless like the Canon R and stuff like that that starts around 1500 bucks I think you give it a year or two and it'll be down in that 750 range something like that but I know Sony's had great reviews on their stuff man which is which is pretty cool
1: Yeah one of my whitewater buddies Trevor um Trevor Zev uh he's that's his Facebook handle but he, he takes his Sony alpha out whitewater paddling with him. Nice. And it's just I'm like, man, you're getting some fantastic details of you guys boofing off rocks and stuff. Uh, so it's, right, it's very right. inspirational. That's cool, man.
3: Yeah. I, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying, man, just, just kind of taking a break from the team thing. Like I feel you sometimes, man, some of that stuff gets draining and, you know, you you just gotta step back for a minute and get back to what's really you, you know what I mean? I think uh a lot of folks get lost in that stuff, dude. Uh, including exactly. myself, you know. Um
1: yeah. Yeah, I think we could have a whole show just about that topic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> probably could. Yeah. We could you really tell you could? which which one of them doesn't belong. <laughs>
3: Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. Um, you're seeing a lot of changes going around. You always do this, this time of year, a lot of guys, you know, jumping off teams, moving to different teams, things like that, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, man, I've done a lot of contemplating myself lately and, you know, I've, I've kind of taken a step back a little bit and trying to reset a little, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult sometimes you know when you're so so enveloped in that world you know um to kind of kind of forget about that stuff you know when you don't have to worry about getting a photo for this or a photo for that and you know oh no i didn't post this month for this company and stuff like that man it gets draining
1: gets draining having to try and keep up with that stuff you know yeah i think it takes a lot of enjoyment out of uh, out of what we're here to do is to have fun, cut up, you know, enjoy our time out in nature. I know for me, like a big change I've seen is the lack of communication inside of teams. And I feel that is where it all starts imploding. I, I, I want very firm and clear communication. And you know, if you'll support me, I'll feed you so much content. It's ridiculous because I'm going to go all in, you know, I I can't go halfway into a team. It's all or nothing for me. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they often forget that, you know, I think to be happy and successful in a team, I try to look at it as almost like a part-time job, you know, and, uh, just give them all. Yeah, I agree, man.
3: Um, I know one of the first conversations you and I had, and that was kind of, uh, I think the best piece of advice I ever got and that you gave me was, you know, treat it like a part-time job and it should treat you well, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think right now, you know, it's just a lot of changes in the industry and you're not seeing that much of that, so to speak, anymore. Exactly. Yeah. All across the board. Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> what you think, Jay?
2: Yeah. I'm going to be a little critical here. Um, Yeah. Uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, you know, pretty much, I mean, this is the thing I think everybody's got to understand is that, you know, none of us are sponsored. We're not, you know, I mean, well, most of us aren't a, a large majority of us on any of these teams and we're just an extension of the marketing team. And I think sometimes we may expect too much out of the companies to, uh, <clears throat> Thanks, Brett. To, uh, you know, like, you know, sh- I guess showcase you when, you know, your requirement or your expectation is to post a certain amount of times, you know, a month and, you know, do certain things. And, you know, JD, to your point, maybe you're just not, you don't have that connection anymore that you might've had at one point, you know, and the dynamic has changed. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the things everyone's so dying to be on a pro staff. And it's like, you know, it's cool and all, but I mean, you know, you really got to realize what it is. Right. And depending on what team you're on, um, depending on how active you are, um, you know, I mean, they're obviously, they're going to prop up people that are probably a bit more popular than you. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're posting a lot, I mean, you're going to get on that board eventually and then they're going to put you forward. Um, (coughs) you know, or not again, you're not getting paid to do any of this stuff. So, and, and I think, like, a lot of people go into it thinking you're you with an expectation of something else than what it really is. And I'm not saying it's not good and it's not bad. It's just you just got to be realistic about it. And you, you just got to know what you're getting into. You know, I mean, I'm I'm like five years in. You know, and I'm not knocking it or nothing. It's, you know, I mean, and the, the industry has changed a great deal. And plus, COVID has put a huge hit on everything this year and i just see you know some people are still killing it like brad even though you're a punk you're you're doing really (laughs) good on the the river (laughs) you know uh mr comment over there but i mean you know a lot of i see a lot of guys who are just killing it i'm not one of them i mean i'm you know i'm kind of like middle of the road these days Uh, i know last year i was probably posting a ton this year it's just i don't know man i don't know i'm just affected to some degree I'm feeling it, you know, and some people have gotten sick. Some people have, you know, had to deal with the sickness like indirectly. You know, some people have been out of work and, you know, and, and all that stuff hits. And, and I think, you know, and a lot of people are leaving teams this year. Um, yeah. And I think maybe some have jumped ship to go to other teams, which don't knock these people for doing that. And I know a lot of these teams want to, you know, a lot of these teammates like take it personal. Don't take it personal people are just making a decision. Some people are jumping off teams not to be on a team. They just want to clear their mind like you guys, Yeah, you know, kind of get some space. And I totally get that too. Um, you know, and it kind of goes back to what Steiger said like a long time ago. Um, you know, it's like you, you think by tacking on all these pro staffs, you know, you know, being on all these companies is like, you know, does something for your psyche or you know, some kind of prowess, you know, some kind of, <laughs> You know, like, you know, you look like you're the shit. <clears throat> skin, yeah. Language.
1: Right. <laughs> but I mean,
2: yeah. But I mean, but at the same time, it's like there's a lot that goes into it because they all require something. Sure. You know, and, let's be, and let's be honest. There is, you know, a kickback to us. You know, we're getting discounts on stuff. Sure. But there's an expectation that goes with that. And then before long, it could weigh on you because maybe you're not putting out the content. And then when you slipped up and haven't delivered enough and, you know, and then you're getting inside your head and then you're realizing you know what maybe i just ought to back out and kind of dial it back and again to what aaron said maybe you just end up with like two or three that you really really like and you really feel like dealing with or you just go to zero you know and it doesn't mean you're any less of a person
3: right Uh, that's right
2: um, and i know a lot of people are you know like again a lot of people like think there's a status symbol with that and i think we all have been there um but then after a while you're just like you know i'm a regular dude just like anybody else and there's a lot better fishermen out there than me um you know i ain't gonna front you know uh, i'm you know i always i always tell everybody i'm a hack you know joking <laughs> around it's like i got my days just like you do and whatever but i, I it really comes down to where it makes you feel good you know it's uh you know yeah i don't know it's that's it, pretty much where i'm at with it too it's it's hard to be motivated when you know your expectation is too high i think and when you really don't have a realistic you know, a view on really what's going on and understanding of what you are to these companies if you're not on the sponsorship level. You just have to realize
3: it. I'm kind of with Chris Jaunch in the comments right now just because I've been eating good, but he wants to be on Team Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't need to be on Taco Bell.
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And and Mr. Steiger's in the chat, he chimed yeah. in. He's like, There's nothing wrong with the two to three, man. Uh yeah. Russell Johnson, good vibes, JD. What's um, up, Russell? But I I agree, man. And and I mean, obviously it's pretty apparent. I I haven't been fishing tournaments a bunch this year like I did last year. And um I'm sure a lot of people think it's because of COVID, but it's just uh You know, it's kind of the same thing as the pro staff deal and whatever else, man. Um, I know I can go out and catch fish at any given day. You know what I mean? Like, what am I trying to prove? I do have that competitive aspect, right, Um, where it it feels good to finish in the top. Uh, You know, I I did pretty decent last year. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like, I was putting myself through that stress level of freaking out, like, I need to do good. I need to get do, do good in this tournament. I need to I need to pre fish x amount of days. I need to get there this day and for what, bro? <laughs> well,
1: you, <laughs> you know what I mean. Fish.
3: I know I can yeah. go out and catch <clears throat> catch a fish on any given day. Um, I still enjoy fishing tournaments, and I'm not knocking tournaments by any means. Oh, sure but like, know. I just me myself personally, man. Like I just felt like it was taking that fun out of fishing. Kind of like what we're talking about right now is. Yeah no. I, I took it to a whole nother level and added that whole new stress level to it by just uh, putting the pressure on myself. And it was all for what? You know what I mean? Um, and don't get me wrong, man. I won't trade those tournament days and time on the water and everything else for anything. Uh, some of the best times of my life, man. And like I said, I, I fished a few tournaments this year, but I, I approached it at a whole different aspect. And I think I fished better because of that, for the most part. You know what I mean? I wasn't stressed out. I was like, if I cash a check, great. If not, dude, I just fished this badass fishery, caught some great fish, Mm -hmm. hung out with some great people and all that good stuff, man. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man, I I relate to that.
2: I think it takes a real special person to be a tournament fisherman. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to be first of all, you got to be good like i mean just consistently and you've you've got to have like a grander plan like you know financially you gotta you gotta know how to balance it all and make it worth um you know you know just the whole experience especially about where you're going where you're coming from how often you're going to do it and to every you know to your point brian i mean you're you're usually arriving at these places at least a week in advance if not a few days some guys are just going there um you know the day before i mean Russell Russell was killing it I mean he's still doing good but I mean some of these guys have done so good in some of these years yeah. and just have been you know like Matt Ball's done great I mean Drew Gregory's doing good this year um you know some people just get to the top man they are just killing it and there's always like kind of the same people in the top 10 but then you'll see a shift two or three years later yeah and then there's a whole nother group of guys and now all the guys that were killing it are chasing those other guys you know Sure. And, and it, I mean, I am not a tournament guy. I, it's it's not what I'm in fishing for. I like the adventure, as we've always talked about, and just the experience of being somewhere. And Brian, you know, me and you've talked to us a million times. Like, I like not having to get up at like 3 30 in the morning. <laughs> like,
3: Jay is not gonna, a morning person. <laughs>
2: I, I'm just not that guy. I could do 5
0: yeah. 30.
2: I could do. Yeah, that's still pushing anymore. it. That's still pushing yeah. it. Yeah, like, because I remember like Glenn invited me. He's like, "Hey, dude, you should come up to lacrosse, man, or whatever the hell he was going." And he's like, "He's like, yeah." He's like, "Well, what time are you leaving?" Because Glenn lives right by me. He's like, "Oh, I'm probably gonna leave like 3:30." I'm like, "Have uh, good luck." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Good luck." I'm gonna go hit the club that's 10 minutes away. You know, Jay likes to get
3: up to- at at the, at the stroke of eight <laughs> o'clock.
2: Yeah, I just want to chill, dude. Have some coffee, you know. Yeah. I just relax. You know. But see it's, that's. It's, a, just, th- no
3: that's the thing too man like you and i have done a couple trips this year and uh you know that's basically what it is man chill get up drink some coffee cook some breakfast i mean some days we won't get on the water till 10 but who cares you know like it's just it's way more chill and relaxed than doing that stressful thing making sure you're getting up at the butt crack of dawn getting out on the water putting in 12 to 14 hours a day Yep. pre-fish in just to just to uh you know get out there and you know yeah. chase a paycheck hopefully you know what i mean special but,
2: breed man special yeah, breed out there definitely. Like, kudos to all you guys are doing tournaments absolutely keep keep killing it man i mean it's amazing to watch you guys do this stuff i i don't know how to do it i, I just you know and i'm I'm like part idiot anyway because i'll like you know brian will be like hey you want to change colors i'm like nope this nope like, eventually i'll get a hit <laughs> You know, And it's funny because we were just out fishing and he was killing it with a Sanko Texas rig, and I was fishing a ribbon tail. Now we were going pretty much fish for fish for the most part, but then he started out fishing me like three to one. Uh, it just turned on, and he was like, You and I had Sanko's, I still didn't change. I was like, No, it's cool. I'm hardcore, bro. I'm gonna keep going. You know, I'm like, they're gonna they're gonna like this ribbon tail. I was like, you know, and then I proceeded to uh, catch as many fish. You know, I'm like going to make block it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how I, you know, it's okay. I, you know what it is? I like to keep myself down because, you know, I could be great, but why do that? <laughs>
3: you know? That's a typical Jay Randall move, man.
1: Yeah. I'll smash
3: like five or six fish in a row, and he's like, really? Again? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you want a couple of these baits, dude? Just this is what I'm targeting. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'll just yep. stay with this.
2: The story of my life. You know, it's a pride thing. But eventually, they're going to bite it. You know, eventually. someday. Someday. It may not be the same day I'm fishing, but you know.
3: Oh, that's too funny, man. Too funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> Well, uh, getting back to uh, getting back to JD and fishing, man. I hey, know, I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I know the last time we had you on, man, you were talking about chasing down that tiger trout. That happened yet? No, Bro. I can't
1: find him. I know. I'm trying to get it in South Carolina or North Carolina because I've already I did do the native wild trout slam in North Carolina. Nice, and I'm one. I'm one fish away from having it in South Carolina, but I probably would have had it in South Carolina, but I converted over and got my North Carolina license and man, I've been hunkered down. Oh, nice. Nice. Over there across the border. I mean, actually the line's only like 20 minutes from my house, but sure, we've been going off the beaten path, um, chasing, chasing different trout, but yeah, I actually was thinking about the tiger trout last week. I'm like, man, where I saw that thing. I wonder if that place is back open yet. So I need to call and see if they are. If they are, I need to visit there. Yeah, <laughs> it was about this time last year, I believe. I I saw that guy. I've yeah, seen a couple of beautiful tiger trout caught this year, though. Nice. It's a
3: it's a very unique fish. For those that don't know, it's uh it's a. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a cross between a brook trout, trout and a brown trout, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's where uh, I forget. I think it's uh brook trout egg, brown trout fertilizes it, something along those lines.
1: I think so. I yeah. Mean, it's just, the patterns are insane. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful fish, man. Yes. We've caught a few Bartram's bass this year uh, chasing trout, which has been fun. I mean, they're only in. To my knowledge, just a, a very 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 small region, um, Chattooga River and the Savannah River down in Augusta, they both hold them. Uh, I've seen a strain of Bartrams in Lake Joe but the true the true Bartram, to my knowledge, and anybody correct me if I'm wrong for sure, is to my knowledge is in Chattooga. With somehow they have gotten into Savannah. Down around Augusta because the water's very cold off Clarksville Dam, but uh, like a trophy size is 11 inches, um, but they look like a leopard when you catch one. They're crazy looking.
2: I was just going to, Brian, are you pulling up one? Okay? Yeah,
3: I am. I am working on it. I don't. Even, I
2: don't even, even think I've ever seen one. Like I don't. I don't think I've ever even heard the word. And <clears> I <throat> know and once it's... you get down in those southern states, like they have like, all those crossbreeds.
1: There's one right there. Oh,
2: that is. That's a. Yeah.
1: That's, that's a, a bass. That's a, t- no, that's a tiger trout. Oh, tiger that's trout. a trout. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That was,
2: I, I thought the Bartram, whatever. See?
1: I'm yeah, Bartrams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's cool.
3: a very, very unique, very rare uh, fish in, in trout streams. Um, you really have to find that unique watershed um Mm -hmm. you know uh like jd's talking about i know you can find them in a few streams in uh southwest wisconsin as well um but yeah it's and the patterns are that kind of striped look on the body of the fish um is the common theme but you could get some different colored ones Mm -hmm. in there too they're mostly green uh, yellow belly, but you can get
1: some different color patterns in there. It's wickedly beautiful fish, man. You might get a little red in there. Yeah. Nah. I think that one I saw had red in it, or the sun was just making it look red. I don't know. i, I got to go back and try to get it, if it's still there. Get him. Get him. <laughs> that one. Just it's a, it was a real small creek. It's actually, I was creek fishing, so it's like 15 feet wide at its widest point. You just, you get in and you just walk and walk and walk. You got to almost be like ninja in there. And I come up on this hole and it it turned 90 and it, it was a double cascade hole and it was a log laying there. And I actually watched the hole for like 10 minutes before I even presented into it. And when I presented, I went right for that log and he, he nudged out on me and looked, but he never would commit. And I was like, doggone you. And then somebody come (laughs) walking up on me. I was like, "Come on, man, quit watching what I'm doing. (laughs) I've been here here for hours."
2: (laughs) So, are you standing up or are you kneeling? Like, I mean, how is it? Like, you know, you said you're being a ninja, so you doing that type of approach?
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get down on our knees, Um, like uh, in the trophy waters. We'll. I'm not going to say get camoed out, but we'll try to blend in with the environment uh, where lots of grays and greens because there's that area is a lot of rocks in it. And we'll actually lean up against a rock and just sit there. And you may sit there for 20 minutes watching the hole. If you see a big fish in there, you want to sit there and just watch it and watch it, watch it and see how it's reacting in the water. See how it's reacting to either other fish or bugs that are. Landing on the water, then you try to make that approach because that place that I'm talking is it's a one and done. You get one shot at these big fish and they're huge. I mean, I, last year I hooked up on a 26 inch rainbow. I've never seen a fish, I've never hooked on a rainbow that big. It was insane. And I mean, he broke me off, but it was due to my lack of experience. But I didn't even care, man. I sat there and laughed. I had cold chills running up my arms. I was like, mm. I'm hooked. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's special,
3: man. I've caught um, I've caught a rainbow that big in Colorado. I've caught a steelhead that big uh, out of one of the tribs in Lake Michigan, and um, I've I've caught some twenty plus browns mm. out west too, man. And it's just uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's it's no match to bass fishing, but um, just like you're saying, man, you just got to sit there. It, it's weird. Like, you know, bass fishing, we're just moving along, looking for those active fish, where fly fishing, I think you're trying to zone in um, on a certain area where those fish are hanging out at that certain time and just really dial in. And I mean, most of the time you're fishing clear water creeks and things mm-hmm. of that
1: nature, you know. So you can really, really see what those fish are up to. Yeah, man. I know a guy. He guides up in North Carolina. He will literally. I. I he's been known to sit on a hole for an hour before he even throws to a fish. Yeah. I'm like, oh. but man, he catches some of the biggest trout around. You know, sure. twenty inch fish is average for him. He's sticking 24s, 25s often. And that's huge that's that's for around here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's uh same thing with uh, Wisconsin. You know, like their their average trout's probably 12, 14, 15 inches. Um, and when you find that 20 plus, and I know there's been 30 inch Browns caught up this way. Um, that's like a super rare occurrence and it's the same way Um, the guy I know that's kind of a legend for doing that in that area of Wisconsin you know he's grown up in that area his whole life knows where those trout live and just knows when to get them at the right times of the year
1: that's amazing he's got it down to the science
3: yeah it's uh and that's just it it's it's definitely a science man like yeah. you, tr- you talk to some fly fishing guys man they'll they'll geek out and tell you like the <laughs> scientific name of insects this is a mm-hmm. so-and-so fluffalitis or whatever the heck you know like yeah, they nerd out on that stuff man yeah they really do i i've
1: never when i first got into it i was like ah man i'm not gonna be that guy but I'm not quite the dirt on it, but I know You're like, you're turning into it. Yeah. <laughs> I know what <laughs> bugs to look for and what flies will match those bugs and I'm starting to you know, I understand that the hash and when it happens and and it I mean it helps you catch the fish, you know. So Sure. But I'm I'm trying to my goal is to bridge the gap between fly fishing and kayaking. And that's what I've really been concentrating on this year and I'm gonna continue to do so. Um, I've actually only fished once this year with a conventional rod off my kayak. I've nice. been all fly fishing so and that was just a couple of weeks ago uh, we did a, a really really my favorite river around here um, we ran it four of us and we haven't ran it since all the flooding this past winter sure the river changed drastically and it was. It's a good one. It's still right up there. I mean it's it's so fun. There's two class there used to be one class two, now there's three class twos on it. Um there's two less drops that are three foot. So you gotta really kinda be on your game when you go over that. But the fishing's superb. It's it's lights out. I mean I think I caught over seventy fish passing brim and I didn't nice. even fish like the last two miles. I was just Hanging out, talking with one of my buddies, catching up, watching watching these ospreys fly over. Nice.
3: Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. But I think that's that's true, man. You don't. Uh, there are some folks out there that fly fish out of kayaks, but you don't see it mm-hmm. as much as you would think you would. Um. You know, I know one of our. Uh, shop team guys up in wisconsin he fly fishes for muskie that's super unique we've had him on the on the podcast before um if you guys didn't hear that episode that was austin mitchell uh go back and check that out but uh yeah i mean there's there's so many things i think uh you know that was the thing is fly fishing for other species is is becoming more and more popular and i know um it's funny you always hear oh fly fishing you got to be rich to do that costs so much money and it's like the amount of money i've seen guys put in a bass gear (laughs) yeah you shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't be complaining about uh
1: fly fishing you know what i mean so no i mean you could get a you can get a, a douglas lrs and throw a reddington or a sage reel on it and man you're you're 300 bucks you know 250, 300 pin on what reel you go with. Yeah. But, you know, that's what guys are spending on bass rods left right. and right. And right. I mean, flies, you can get flies for 250 a fly. Or you can, if you get on the right website and you you get in with that little niche, you yeah. can get flies for 53 cents a fly. <laughs> right. And right. I buy my flies by a dozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get into tying, man, tying's unreal. It's a whole nother wormhole, a whole nother hobby. Okay. I went to a fly tying class and I loved it. But man, I'm like, can I devote time to this? Yeah, and, it takes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Those guys are serious, man. Especially like guides in that business. Oh they're yeah, serious. they take people out and they're like tying stuff like on the boats. When you're out there you know or the night before you know it's like it gets pretty hardcore like you know matching the hatch you know and yeah. then the, all that science that goes into that too like you know because some of these guys are like minor biologists and they know exactly what's yeah. going on in the water and, right you know it's it gets pretty crazy and i've always you know i used to always think that fly fishing would like simplifies things and it does to an extent but as soon as you dive into it, it's, it, it's a completely different animal. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I, mean, that's a...
2: it's, I mean, I haven't even gotten, like, Brian's way deeper in a trout. I mean, I, I've never really even dealt with that. For me, it was getting into pike and fly fishing, and I haven't really followed through with a lot of it. I mean, I've done it a few times at this point. I've caught some pike. It's cool. Probably beginner's luck. Tied a fly. Went out there in the winter. Caught a pike, like you know, on a very, you know, like on a casting rod in, um, and they're real that comes with it, you know, which I've upgraded to a Cabela's now, but, um, you know, it was cool because me and Brian were tying flies together. And that's another thing too, getting with your buddies and, you know, learning about yeah. how, you know, what the different you know th- and this is the crazy thing too when you start diving in the materials and all that stuff and <laughs> oh this yeah does this. yeah or, or you're such a geek that you're walking in the woods and like that damien brian were together we're like hey those are turkey feathers i'm gonna pick those up so you pick up some turkey feathers and then you take them home you wash them off you let them dry you know and now you've got turkey feathers so you did not have to buy them so now you're tying them in the flies you know it's like You totally get all weird with it. Man, I know
3: some I know some dudes that would save like their dogs and cat hairs and like use those to tie up some flies just because it made this certain kind of action when it was wet in the water or it would float and yeah, man, I've uh I mean Jay seen my collection of materials that I have neglected (laughs) lately. But I mean that's a thing. Like in the winter I used to just I'd tie flies all winter. Sit down at the desk pretty much every other night and just tie up a dozen or so flies. And then by time spring came, you know, I was ready to go. And then by time summer rolled around, I needed to sit down at the vice again and tie more <laughs> flies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I say if, if you're not sticking a fly in a tree, <laughs> yeah. you're not you're not sending it, you're not shooting it, you're not yeah. trying. Yeah. Put it in the tree, man. Who cares? It's fifty yeah. cents. <laughs> Put well, GD, it in the I
2: was gonna say, JD, let me ask you this. Like about you know when you're creek fishing and doing the skinny water, are you using a shorter rod? And I mean, do yes. you have overhang? So yeah, like what are using usually
1: on the
0: you know, and are
2: you so- eating a lot and like how are you, you know what I mean? What's your technique?
1: uh so that's that's an awesome question yeah our rivers are very heavily covered down here especially the creeks you're fishing in heavy tree coverage sometimes rhododendron tunnels uh I I'll, especially where you go way off the beaten path Um, i use a douglas upstream seven foot three uh it's a three weight it's got a ton of backbone the backbone goes up to the at least the first islet but the the rod tip and most of the rod is like a limp noodle so you can play the fish really easy uh i'm i'm using rio uh trout specific creek line and then i throw a nine foot leader on and then i throw anywhere between six and nine feet of tippet on also Uh, but i do sidearm casting Mm -hmm. Um, not making real far throws, you know, like 20 feet, 30 feet, maybe. Uh, but the bow and arrow cast is huge for creek fishing around here. I, I do that a lot. Um, when I was getting heavy into it, I was like, I have to learn this cast. And I just set a dinner plate out there. Well, it was a paper plate, but dinner <laughs> size. <laughs> and not want to make the I, wife I, mad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I got to <laughs> be able to stick this thing so i just i just kept at it until i until i stuck it and i fish all my flies are barbless if i buy a fly with a barb or somebody ties one and gives it to me first thing i do is crimp it because i don't want to stick one in my neck or my hand especially bow and arrow i mean you're going to eventually stick one in your hand right but that's just how i i mean i don't feel i lose any less fish but then when we get into bigger waters uh, where we can really stretch out, you know, a, a long cast for us down here is 50 feet. Um, unless you're on a lake, then you can really get out there and put it a hundred feet out if you want. But uh, I step up and throw a, a Douglas DXF five weight with a sage reel. And again, I'm saying I always throw typically nine foot leaders. And then I like a lot of tippet um, nine foot, six to nine feet, but I'm usually more like eight to nine feet out there. I think it helps make the presentation better and it allows room for my mistakes. If I don't make a, you know, a really nice roll out there, the fly, the, the trout or the bluegill or the bass, isn't going to see my line there because I got so much clear material out in front of my line. Oh, show you got to get that roll cast down brother. I can roll pretty good. Uh, I do that with the five weight. I don't okay. really do it much with the three weight. I, I'll sidearm it more. I'll kind of whip it up and down the length of the stream or the creek. But, uh, that, you know, that's the three casts I usually go to, the traditional one. Uh, I'll haul, single haul, double haul on the lake, and a little single haul here and there on the big rivers. Roll cast is a must and I, I think the backhand cast is just as important as a roll cast For and sure. then the bow and arrow there's so, so many is, different casts
2: you usually working with like a fixed amount of line too right you're not really letting out a lot it's always i would imagine i mean depending on the situation but most of the time those tight quarters it's like i'm sticking at this length and because just because you don't want to deal with the extra string right or the extra yeah length I, I, about. I,
1: that's right yeah i don't usually have like Typically, I won't have more than, you know, one or two good pulls. I either, I, I rarely have line floating in the water. Um, I might, if I'm trying to, are like, say I'm throwing 40 feet, I'm like, shoot, man, I think I can make it out to that next log or that next eddy or that next blowdown. Then I might strip out, you know, whatever, and then try to punch it out there real hard. But. Um, I've learned lately and from taking, talking to some old school fly fishermen, guys who've been doing it for 40 plus years, uh, a lot of people think it's ultra cool to, you know, make all these false casts mm-hmm. they' are the chances are you're going to spook your fish more than you're helping yourself. So my pickup is very fast and very strong. And then I try to let the rod do all the work and then if I need to punch it out there, I can get on the gas and punch it out there. But I try not to make more than one or two false casts. Uh, But I did now, throw a, go ahead.
2: When you say false cast, are you talking about actually making contact with the fly on the water? Or are you just talking about nope. just being over the
1: water? Over like, the water. You
2: know, just, just okay. Cause I know yeah, a, lot, just... a lot of the beginners, like I'll end up sometimes like, you know, for me, I'll be like, Oh, there's more tension when I dip it, you know? And, you know in the amount of time you're doing that you're possibly spooking fish because yep. you're already like kind of riding your way up there i mean of course i'm not fishing for trout but you know and i know trout are real finicky and real spooky but i mean you could be pike are
3: dumb you're... and stupid and they'll yeah, eat anything that's why i like
2: them because they're just <laughs> freaking idiots you know they, they just loved his gnarled stuff up they're like that looks good they, they are, are awesome
1: good. yeah i like pike man i think they're cool but yeah, like well, really, i'm fishing really nuts. go ahead I fish for for a lot of slab bluegill. Um, My backyard is is, my lake is pretty prime for big, big gills. You know, 12 inch, 13 inch, 10 inch is common. But I still only make like one or two false casts. And then I'm going to lay down. I'm going to make my shot and lay it down there. Um, Bass, you know, you can get by with a little bit more. If they're not being spooky, especially if you're throwing like a big streamer or a big popper, um, my buddy Todd West is a fantastic fly angler for for bass fishing. He's actually a IGFA world record holder uh, for eight X tippet, um, so he, he's chasing another record as we speak. So he's he's been a big mentor to me also about getting my cast down, getting your, the time for fly fishing. It's all about time. It's almost like doing a dance. I feel, you know, it's like one, two, three, and then one, two, three, you know, don't, don't over move your arm. That's this 13 year old that I'm teaching. He gets anxious and he gets real happy and he's hyper, you know, he's a 13 year old, but he, he wants to move that front cast so much. And I'm like, Hey man, you're not, you're not nailing the, the, You're not taking the hammer and nailing it into the wall. You're punching a hole in the wall.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're talking about because I'll do that with Brian. I'll be like, yeah, that's pretty good, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, it's in your wrist, dude. He's like, just stop doing this. Yeah. You do do too much
3: wrist. You do too much wrist.
2: Yeah. and there's Well, when you watch people on TV, you know, the people that are going with these, you know, they're using streamers and they're stripping for like, you know, they're out, you know, they're down in South America going for giant peacocks or they're going for, mm-hmm. you know, uh snook out, you know, on the the Gulf or whatever. These guys are all armed. Just just like, you know, it's just all God, armed. It. And you're like, Jesus, you know, and you're like, and you're like, okay, well, it must be how it's done. And then you got people like that know what they're doing. They're like, you hey, stop doing that. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are yeah. like, wait, this is how I saw it on TV. Just just stop. Just, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brian, have you ever thrown like a ten or eleven or twelve weight fly rod? Uh, something something no. really big. And I think the heaviest stuff I've ever gone is like eight, eight or nine. I something. threw an eleven weight a couple of weeks ago, and I was intimidated. I was like, "Man, I don't, one, I don't want to throw this two thousand dollar rod and reel." Right. And they're like, "No, man, no, throw it, throw it." I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna throw it." Then he's like, "Strip." He made me strip out every bit of the line all the way down to the backing. He's uh-huh. like, You can make one false cast and you gotta make your presentation. And I was like, what did you just say? He's like, the rod'll do the work. I yeah. was like, no way, man. And after about three tries, you know, you could lay out there to eighty feet, a hundred feet, punch it out maybe to one twenty. I was like, this is unbelievable. He's like, that's what you gotta do if you go after Tarkin. Yeah. I'm like, well oh, then I guess I'm going to be a a, a little weak in the arm.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. like I always like redfish.
3: <laughs> yeah, I catch a flounder? I'll yeah, stick yeah. with the schnook.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, it was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, a lot of guys up north, um, they'll use those 10, 11-weight salt rods for chasing muskie. Cause there's no real dedicated musky rods. I think there's one or two out there now, um, from what I've seen, but yeah, that's what they used to do a lot up North, Northern Wisconsin, Minnesota was, you know, using these heavy weight salt rods to handle those musky, you know, cause those things can get up 40, 50 pounds, you know, and they're a f- fierce creature, you know? Um, so they, they were doing a lot of that up there, but yeah, I, I haven't gone, I'd say it was like an eight or a nine weight is the heaviest I've ever tossed.
1: Eight weights are fun. Yeah.
3: I usually use that for uh steelhead and salmon runs up here uh,
1: coming out of the Lake Michigan and into the trips. We got to. Yeah. We got yeah, to take uh talk to Kevin and say, Hey man, let us come up to, to Douglas Ooh. in the, in the fall and winter and get on some of those big steelheads you got up there. I like the way you think, my man. Oh, man. They got to cut a land up there. It's. I know it. I know I'm it. Primo. I know it.
2: Dude, you should see the, Mus- the like the Muskegon River in Michigan.
3: Yeah, that's another a, good one.
2: When the salmon run, dude, you should see. You could walk size,
3: across the water.
2: You should see the size of these salmon, dude. Yeah. I mean, and they're jumping. It's insane. There's guys out there with 10-foot fly rods drifting like these um, – uh helgram or whatever you know these you know some guys were using live, you know live bait or just uh well they're using like worms but some guys were fly fishing and i'm watching these fish and i'm like i'm like what the hell i mean these things are like more than half the size of a, of a man like and these are true like these are running from one great lake to the other
1: that's you know, insane I mean,
2: it's crazy dude the muskegon is like insane in the fall
1: that's awesome um, you know that's killing. Yeah. i couldn't even imagine turning a fish like that That'd be,
2: Dude, it's,
1: excuse me yeah
2: i mean when they come out i mean just seeing them jump out of the water and hit you're like what the what you know <laughs> yeah so giant it, it's it, and then you see some of these guys bring them up you know and this is like to the point where you know they're starting to turn red a little bit you know and and it's just insane it is it just blow it just blew my mind i, I just said i didn't even fish i just was just watching I'm like this is crazy I don't even know how to do this you know these <laughs> guys I have no gear for this I'm like I'd be better off with like a spear you know <laughs> at that point maybe maybe just run out and like try to bear hug one I mean because they're right there like Brian says I mean they're 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 just swimming like in these huge groups you know these schools and they're making their way up and it's just amazing to see it it's just just crazy man I mean it's pretty I don't know it's like four or five hours from us you know it's so cool to see you know these huge huge fish
1: that's so cool
3: yeah man they'll stack in there they'll stack in there it's unreal it's a heck of a good time i'm looking for for a photo man the the first fish i ever caught on a fly rod um it was a cheap like $40, $50 fly rod combo that I bought. But the first fish I ever caught on the fly rod was uh, a 17 pound king.
2: Yeah, it's right, wow. I remember. Uh, yeah. Beginner's luck, right? Like you went out there and you just slammed it. No, nah, man, it's
1: all skill. What you talking about? <laughs> well, I
2: mean, you know, he was yeah. like he said, it's better to be showing up with a Shakespeare. <laughs> you know, there there's you a go. brown.
3: From up there. It's a brown trout. Oh stud. <laughs> Dude, we caught like five. I caught five of those that size that day. It was just mm. ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. You gotta make a trip, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Let this let, the, let all this madness calm down and yeah. I am chomping at the bit to to get back on the road. Right on. Right on well we're winding down man it's a
3: little over an hour dude um yeah man don't even seem like it i know dude it goes fast <laughs> yeah man. i'm sorry what time, time flies when you're talking about flies
2: <laughs> yeah. i was checking my stocks what's going on <laughs> yeah.
3: brother man it's always good talking to you man i'm i'm glad you're doing healthy and well and Family Thank you and everything man and taking time out to uh chat with us tonight man any any oh, shout man. outs or anything you want to throw out there before we let you go brother
1: uh just you know the, the normal crew big big up to douglas for sure man and kevin they, they're they're fantastic i can't do it without them and uh you know yeti and sims they they, they got my back too and, and astral i'm not gonna go down the list <laughs> yeah that's not so me, good. man. But you know, my boy Todd West, uh, I love him like a brother. Um, he he's really helped perfect my my fly fishing. Um and a lot of it's been over the phone. So yeah, it's it's been great. Um and there's one thing I would like to say though, but uh if you guys know Kwanzaa Henderson or know what Kwanzaa's going through, uh he he, he is a big guy in the industry. Uh, he paddles for old town. He's one of the nicest individuals you'll ever meet in your life. So humble. He's got unbelievable, mad photography skills, uh, both with the camera and the drone. Uh, he's going through a real hard time, man. Uh, if you guys can, anybody, anybody listening, please go check on Kwanzaa's page. Um, he's, he's selling prints. Um, he's battling stage four cancer. He's been going through a real rough week. So if if you pray, please lift him up uh, and just, you know, send him a message. Say hello to him. Uh, it'll mean the world to him. I, I try to talk to him a couple times a week. Um, you may hear back from him. You may not. Just be patient. He's going, like I said, he's been through a lot of pain and, and stuff the last couple weeks or last week and a half. But, yeah, other than that, man, I really, really, you know, appreciate this brotherhood that we have here. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be on paddling fin again it's always wow a blast. dude you, you got a permanent <laughs> seat bro you got
3: a permanent <laughs> seat open
1: door oh, man. thank you thank
3: you no nah, we appreciate you man uh you know taking us up on the offer to sit down
1: and chat man it's always good a good chat, time bro time, and you know just uh i got i got a few things working in the background so yeah uh, yeah all that's about about to come to full circle so uh, I can't wait to see what happens. And uh, you got some, you got some aces up your sleeve, bro. He's making <laughs> some wild aces.
2: <laughs> He's like, I learned uh, to
1: bake. Here's the cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a different road, you know, and it's uh, something I've had to think about for a long time. But I right think it's, it's it's time to do it, and uh, you know, it, it's all about to happen. So. We'll see where it goes from there. All right, brother. Sweet. Well, let us know, man, when we can talk about it. Yeah, man, it won't be long.
2: Sweet, yeah, we, without all the vagueness.
1: Yeah. I was, tra- <laughs> I was trying to get, I was trying to get the green light today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the the VP of marketing was was on vacation for, for like the last thirteen days. It's, it's funny. funny you're like
2: yeah. dancing around the details. You're like, you can totally tell. You're, like, <laughs> well, it's. This really great thing, and uh, it's gonna be super, um, and you're gonna really like it. Um, It's really cool. Um, I can't wait to tell you about it. It's definitely something you want to know about. Not right now.
1: (laughs) Some people may support it, and some people not. You know, I'm expecting some hate to come from it, but I really don't care. You know, I'm gonna do do like me and Brian talked about. I'm gonna do what what's right for. That's right for me. Yeah. And yeah. What man. I feel is right. You're the
2: only uh, one that mattered you're the only one that matters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, when it comes to any any of our choices. And that's your little little lesson for everybody out there in public.
3: Just do what <laughs> you want. Public service and what anybody
2: thinks. Yes. Be judged. Have fun with it. <laughs>
1: that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, man. Just do you do what makes you happy, brother. Yeah. yeah, man. And you know, if you guys need anything from me, I'm always here for you. Appreciate
3: it, bro. Stack of hundreds and some of that Jamaican food you've
1: been posting up, bro. Just saying. I can post. I can send the Jamaican food. to hundreds. Give me a week or two. I gotta yeah. go. I gotta Funny go rob money. a bank or something. Hey, man, yeah, yeah. you can
3: wear a mask in public. I'm just saying. This is
2: true. You know, and I hear the FBI. The FBI won't stop you. I mean, I don't know.
1: Friends told me. Walk yeah. up in there.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, too funny, man. Too funny. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to another epic segment. Till next time, boys and girls. Tight lines, and smooth pat. Peace.